Hello friends and welcome to the Montessori Mission. This is a unique podcast series asking the same 10 questions to 10 Montessorians from 10 communities who can offer us 10 perspectives of Montessori around the world. And today I have with me Nusaiba from Rumi Montessori in Malaysia, who has agreed so kindly to join me today. And I'd just like to say a few words to introduce uh, Nusaiba. And she is such a stalwart in the Montessori community and is so widely known. So I've got lots and lots of bullet points on all the things that she's done, but I know that there's many more. So forgive me if I miss anything out. So I think, no worries. <laughs> um, firstly, for those of you who aren't familiar with Rumi, uh, Rumi Montessori, Rumi Montessori seeks to be pioneers in Islamic education in Malaysia. And Nusaiba is principal of Rumi Montessori and she has a CASA classroom three to six and the elementary classroom as well there, six to 12 year olds. Um, she is a Montessori teacher, trainer and consultant. She is the founder of the first Islamic Montessori magazine. She has an, a 17 year old son, Noah, who is a Montessori child from birth and is now age 17 homeschooling himself, which is absolutely extraordinary. And um, it's been so interesting going onto your feed and reading um, and listening and seeing videos of Noah and his, and his journey. So I really recommend if you go to um, um, Nusaiba's Instagram handle is Rumi underscore Montessori. And um, coincidentally, Nusaiba is also a friend of the principal of Monocle here in Dubai. And that's the school that my children, Olivia and Harry go to. So it's a really, really small world. There's loads of lovely Very. things to find there. And I'm so thrilled that you've joined me today. Thank you so much, Nusaiba. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, it's such a pleasure to, to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. So are you ready for the 10 questions? Yes, sure. Wonderful. I'm ready. Yes. Okay. So um, let's begin. And um, from our first conversation, I didn't know that you were a Montessori child from birth. And yes. so I think this is um, this perspective of a Montessori child from birth is going to, and then your whole life's work being involved in that, I think is going to be so fascinating for our audience to hear. So question one of the Montessori, uh, Montessori mission to Nusaiba of Rumi Montessori is, what does Montessori mean to you? So this is a, a, an answer that evolves over time. <laughs> and I think that in every stage of my life, Montessori has meant something different um, and it's still evolving and growing. Um, but, you know, what's really coming to me during this particular time period is that, you know, what Montessori means to me is that it's, it's about finding your uh, unique purpose in this cosmos. For everybody, whether it's for the child or whether it's for you as a Montessori guide or whether it's for a teacher, a parent, whatever it may be, that Montessori is really about you discovering your place in the cosmos and in this universe. What is your place and what is your purpose and what are you going to, to do? So 
the whole continuum of Montessori, you know, you have the, the stages of development from, you know, zero to six, six to 12, 12 to 18, 18 to 24. And, you know, you know, some people do say that had Montessori had more time, she would have even done the stages of adulthood, um, yeah. you know, so it's in her chart where she's got it kind of like segmented when it comes to after the age of um, 24. But, you know, in each one of those stages of development, the child is, uh, seeking to create their character and their personality and discover their place in this universe. And so what really comes to me all the time is that this Montessori is this journey of self-discovery. You're discovering yourself, discovering your universe, discovering your purpose and realizing who you are and what you are here for. And for every person, it's unique. You know, it's a unique journey and we have a unique Everyone comes with their unique perspective and gift um, and you need to discover that. And that discovery starts from birth. So Montessori is like that journey, you know, aiding that journey so that each individual can find out who they truly are and become their true authentic self. Wow. So that's the one that's really sitting with me right now. <laughs> as I as I go deeper and deeper, it's really that's really sitting because it's not just the child that's transformed by Montessori, but we we adults are also transformed by Montessori. You know, whether you've um, you're a formal like formally trained Montessori guide, or whether you're a parent who's just finding out about Montessori, or you know, even if you're not, you don't have your own children. Yeah, you know, even grandparents when when they get to learn about the Montessori philosophy and theory, you become transformed and you become a better version of yourself. So it shows you that this journey of self-discovery is applicable to the child, it's applicable to the adult, it's applicable across board. And I think that's what Montessori really brings to our lives. And that's what it means for me right now, where we stand. Wow. That is huge. Talk about starting with a with a bang. That is so, amazing. That really is. Sorry if it is too deep, but it, it really no. it's really coming from me right now. That's how no. I'm seeing it. So it's not too deep at all. And um, just before the audience wouldn't have seen this, but just before we began, we had a we had a meditation. And that was about the universe, the meditation and finding yeah. the, and these are the meditations I write for children about each child finding the universe within them. And then you to give that answer is really, is really amazing. Again, it's the finding our place in time. And uh, I completely agree about um, even non-Montessorians, Montessori transforming them because my, my sister doesn't have any, um, doesn't have any children, but when she spends time with Olivia and Harry, an eye and she sees the responses are different and she one of the children would do something she was like well, what aren't you going to say aren't you going to stop them what, what are you going to say you know they shouldn't have done that and then she sees me respond in a Montessori way and she's like wow I'm learning so much about connection and what discipline really is and just there's so many opportunities um and she said when the UK was in lockdown last November she came and stayed with us here in Dubai for a month she said, wow, in that month, just to see something so different, so different from our childhood as well. So I, I completely agree. I can see that, that anyone involved in Montessori, it becomes part of the, the fabric of, of who they are. Yeah. And you transform. So you get 
whatever, however you touch this Montessori world, it trans it transforms you in some way or another, and that's the the beautiful thing. Um, and having a seventeen year old, um, seeing him from birth all the way, you know, even now he's he, you know he's seventeen, he's in that third plane of development, he's not done yet with his his discovery, but seeing that how that journey is so evident that it's not necessarily a journey of academics or a journey of learning but it's a journey of discovering who you are in this universe in this cosmos it's very beautiful to watch and very beautiful to be part of that your own journey and the journey of others around you yeah. incredible wow so powerful thank you so question two is going to be a really interesting one because you were Montessori from birth, Montessori from birth. When we discussed this one in our pre-interview, this is going to be, yeah, a different perspective. So question two is what was your first light bulb moment on your Montessori journey? So yes. <laughs> the moment you were born, <laughs> <laughs> what um, yeah what was your yeah, first so, moment so this this one is really interesting because I went to Montessori when I was younger um so the early part of my schooling was in a Montessori school and at that time um I remember when I was in the school just really feeling that kind of harmony and tranquility and and not feeling like there's anything against me or you know not feeling that pressure or that force or that um something pushing me off myself so you know we all you know in Montessori we believe the child is guided from within they have that inner teacher that's guiding them so I was very much in touch with my inner teacher but once I um unfortunately had to leave the Montessori um setting later on in primary years um elementary years and so on um when I went into a mainstream uh, setting, even though my parents, you know, tried to choose a really good private mainstream school and so on, um, that that experience was so evident to me as a child that this is not what who I am, and this is not what I'm what I'm doing. This is not what I know or don't know. And and I remember as a child coming out from that Montessori environment and going into a mainstream environment and thinking. Um, what on the earth are these people doing? <laughs> what is the point of this? And how come they don't know who I am? And it's, it's, it's the child feeling misunderstood and the child feeling that they're, they're, what they're doing is not recognized uh, as in who they are and how they learn and how they're exploring and when they're interested in something. And that's not seen. And I remember thinking, you know, oh my God, you know, who are you looking at the teachers, you know, what do you want? <laughs> you know? So that had already, um, that experience from transitioning from Montessori to mainstream um, had already um, brought up something inside me. So I carried that throughout all of my, the rest of my schooling years. I carried that. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, some people, they hear that story and they say, oh, that means I must never put my child in mainstream school after Montessori. Or some people will even take it to the extreme and say, oh, I don't want my child to go through that. So I won't put them in Montessori from the start because then they'll never be able to continue. So I'm not saying it's a negative experience. In fact, that experience is, has been so powerful for me because it's created, it's helped me to create who I am now. Do you mm. understand? It's helped me to have that awareness of, 
education of people of yes. of uh, supporting development whereas i might have not had that had i not had that experience um but it it raised this awareness in me about hang on a minute what is this purpose of being a child i mean i was a child and i was thinking why am i a child <laughs> what are we supposed to be doing as children you know and why do these adults just not get us you know why do they not understand us why do they have to make us do something or make us be in some way and that that kind of like questioning was uh with me and it was really strong and when i came to my adolescent stage it was really really strong especially when it came to the age of 16 17 it was a really strong force inside me saying that this this cannot be right you know mm -hmm. this way of education this way of talking to children this way it's not it's not fruitful it's not it's not bringing it's not letting people discover who they are but it's breaking people or shaping people into a mold so yes. that was really strong. And, and in the adolescent stage, we know that the Montessori tells us that the adolescence is they're searching for their identity and they have this really strong sensitivity to justice and to social systems and so on. So, of course, I was going through that as a teenager. I wasn't in a Montessori setting. I didn't have a Montessori home. My parents did put me in a Montessori school, but they were not Montessori at home. So I didn't have that at home, which so many children luckily have today. But that questioning was there because that's a natural part of development that the questioning is there. And because I had that previous Montessori experience, I guess in a way I was in touch with my inner teacher. So I could see those questions coming. And then, you know, watching people around me, my friends, my, my siblings, my, uh, you, know, you know, people around me, watching them grow and seeing these wonderful, amazing, bright, curious, young children who grew alongside me, who just had no interest or no, uh, no capability to teach themselves or no capability to, there's no drive. I remember seeing that as a teenager and thinking, that's not right, <laughs> you know? And thinking, I need to train as a Montessori teacher because we need to make sure that you know, this history is not repeating itself over and over again. So I actually started my Montessori training when I was 17. I was the youngest one. I had to put wow. in a, yeah, I had to put in a special request for them to allow me to join the course because I was really, really young. And at the time I was interviewed by Barbara Isaacs, who, who was um, the, in uh, MCI at that time. And she heard my story and she said to me, yeah she heard my story she said to me you know you're she said to me come on board this course you know we're gonna let you come on board this course and I was the youngest one there but it was so it was what I knew this is what I needed to do and that's how you know my journey came you know came continued in Montessori you know even when I wasn't there and that light bulb was it's it's I really believe it's the light bulb comes on when you're a child in the Montessori environment it comes on and it's like it changes something inside you and that has really been a huge uh, force of directing me to where I've come now and and what I've understood now and um, all the work that I try to do that experience that first experience of realizing the difference between 
the harmonious development according to the natural human stages and the natural human uh, rhythm and the and then seeing the extreme between that and between this other system which is not based on human it's not based on how humans are or how humans grow or how humans develop or how it's based on a system that's wanting to create something specific or guide something specific. And whereas in Montessori, you're going with that natural rhythm and the end result is the individual is created. That individual, that unique individual and personality, you know? So that really struck with me and kind of gave me, you know, when you're a teenager, you've got lots of energy, right? Lots of creative energy. <laughs> so it really like, you know, I took that with my force, you, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Extraordinary. <laughs> what an incredible story. That's amazing. Thank you. 17 doing your MCI training. And Barbara Isaacs was um, academic director when I was at MCI as well, 10 years ago. So she's coming on the series as well. She's going to be here on the Oh, podcast. wonderful. She's fab. Wonderful. I, can- I, wa- I wonder if she'll remember me. <laughs> I bet she will. She's got an amazing memory. She certainly, she certainly will. She's also a Montessori granny now. So she's um, yes, some yes. of the grandchildren. So it's, uh, it's going to be amazing to have her perspective as well and to have... Uh, wonderful this this breath yeah wow what a story thank you thank you okay so question three is in what ways does Montessori enrich the work that you do so I think first of all it Montessori allowed me to discover who I am and in order for you to do something effectively and beautifully you really need to be in touch with who you are and you need to be able to 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 recognize your your strengths and your weaknesses and and you know what you you know your whole package so that you can be your authentic self so Montessori has allowed me to understand myself and make the most of who I am Mm. even with the flaws that I have which I won't mention on here but we all have our you know we all have our weaknesses but it's like it's that you know Montessori helps you to bring out a strength inside you that's in you already so you know Montessori has allowed me to understand myself and through understanding myself it's given me that kind of vision of well, what's my purpose and what can I do? And that's, you know, really what started at that 17 age is, you know, who am I and what can I do? And led me to the Montessori training. Um, and, um, you know, you know, through all of that, it's, it's kind of really um, enlightened the path of getting to understand a human being. You know, let's say if I didn't have a Montessori education, I may have gone to child psychology, but, you know, Montessori, the beautiful thing about it is it, it you, you don't just understand the human being, but you understand yourself and you understand the con- context of humans within this cosmos. Yeah. So it's really kind of enriched that and allowed me in my work to really, uh, you know, focus on, on what, what it is that I love, which is to see that potentiality in the human being, whether it's a child or whether it's a a lady who's working with me in school or if it's a family or whatever it is me seeing that potentiality in the individual and then 
facilitating by removing obstacles and creating an environment that allows people to grow. So allowing yourself to grow and allowing others around you to grow. And I think, you know, that is on a huge level. I mean, maybe people would imagine, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, Montessori materials or Montessori this or Montessori that. But actually on, on a bigger scale, that is what Montessori is doing to us. It's, it's allowing us to discover our, our potentialities and the potentialities of those around us and then creating that environment where everybody can flourish so that each person's uniqueness can shine. You know, that's humanity, you know, <laughs> so... So beautiful and so true, the, as you said uh, earlier on, allowing the uniqueness of each child to come forth. We're not trying to put a square peg into a round hole. Um, it's exactly. about everyone gets to give their gifts. And in the film Inside Montessori, um, the one of the elementary guides says that. She says uh, the beauty about elementary Montessori is that each child realizes that they have a gift to give um, that's unique that nobody else has. And, and that's, yeah, that speaks to what, to what you're saying. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, so question four, um, this is the middle sandwich of a, tri a few tricky questions in the middle. Okay, so question four is, what was the first time a child taught you something about yourself that you didn't know? And that's either through interacting with them or observing them. So I think that the, um, when I first um, went into a Montessori classroom as an adult um, and observed the Montessori classroom and saw, and I was lucky that I got to observe a really, really lovely classroom that was, you know, beautiful classroom with a wonderful guide. Um, seeing how the children worked without the need of an adult, you know, seeing how the children worked independently, seeing the amazing things that they can do. It really gave me that, that, you know, first, you know, realization that I am not your teacher. You know, I am not here to be your teacher because you, you child, are capable of so much. And it's, it's not that I'm here to teach you and give you from my knowledge, but it's that you're here to teach me to grow and to show me this capability, this immense potentialities that's within you and that we are on this journey together. There isn't that hierarchy. I'm the adult, you're the child. I'm giving, you're taking, you know, there isn't that. You know, in fact, this is a mutual journey where both are, are there's a, a learning coming from both and a growth in both. And I think that's the first thing of really observing the classroom and seeing the children in action and realizing I'm powerless. You know, they don't I don't you know, I'm powerless. It's nothing to do with me. This is to do with them, you know, and realizing in myself that I have to take that 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 step back, that idea that is somehow programmed into us um, from a young age that we're the adults and therefore we know, realizing that we have to clear that out from us. Yes. And then once we clear it out, we see the magic happen. Yeah. 
So I was lucky that the classroom that I observed, the adult was there. She had that, that realization. So the classroom run like that and I could see it and then it could touch me in my soul. And then, you know, so that was the, the first big thing. And of course, if you see that in a Montessori classroom and you go to a mainstream classroom, it's completely opposite because the mainstream classroom is totally the adult is in control the adult is the one who's leading the adult is the one who's active the child is their attention is to the adults the child is doing what the adult has asked them so it's very adult centered whereas in the Montessori environment it's the adult is not there so we can see who the child is the child's focus should be on themselves, not on yes. what the adult is saying. Yes, yes, yes. And they show us that they are truly capable of developing and creating themselves in the most beautiful ways possible. So that really struck me. Amazing. Yeah. There's that Dr. Montessori quote about um, when she talks about the spiritual preparation of the adult and she says, we must tear out the roots of our prejudice. And that I remember reading that in my training and that really, really stuck with me. And as you say, whether it's a classroom um, setting as guides or in the home, that's what our children invite us to do every single day. This isn't this isn't a cardboard, a cardboard cutout solution we can provide for anything. Our child, the soul of the child is there in front of us and we must answer the soul of the child. We can't just put these predetermined parameters of control or what have you on, on them. And, and there's nothing like a, a toddler actually than teaching us that, that, um, that humility of we, we can't control these, these, these little people. And when they're older, I'm sure it's the same. It's really, um, so powerful so powerful (laughs) lovely so question five um when was the last time a child taught you something about yourself that you didn't know i think when when i um i came to malaysia as a foreigner not knowing the language not knowing the culture not knowing um the the way things are. So I came to a very new environment and I remember feeling nervous and worried about opening up my school and having these children who speak another language and I look different and I sound different and I, my everything is different. And I remember those first few days, it was really evident to me that, you know, that, that, that boundless love that the child has you know, that boundless love that the child has where they don't discriminate. You know, by nature, they don't discriminate. They accept everybody yes. with, your, with your, your beautiful things and with your flaws and with what they accept everything. And that time when I first opened my Montessori school, really experiencing that from, from the root because it's a completely different culture, seeing these children just accept me how I am and with that love and then that journey of really observing these children even till today observing how they will accept anybody you know that boundless love that is in a child that boundless love has really touched me and taught me that you know this is who this is what it means to be human and if we don't have that within us and sadly 
this, you know, we will see so much on the news and on social media today. It's, it's we're bombarded, right, mm-hmm. by this, this discrimination, this human discrimination on one way or another, you know, for some reason or another. But when you look at the child, they, are, they do not live like that. And they do not act like that. And they do not see like that. So, you know, experiencing them with every new person that comes to the environment and every new face and every, you know, person, culture, you know, whatever it means, you know, even children with disabilities, seeing how they just truly accept them wholeheartedly has really taught me that we need to change ourselves inside so that we have that same uh, boundless love yes. that we can ha- offer to everybody. Because when you look at the child, what you see is the, is the true meaning of humanity, yeah. that united humanity that Montessori talks about. You see that in the child. And if we see them and we look at ourselves, we can see what we need to change in ourselves so that we can become a true human as in in that sense of that boundless love and acceptance for all yeah that's so lovely that's so wonderful and i guess as as parents and guides our question is because as you say the child does have that boundless love and that expansiveness within them how how do we honor that? How do we revere that? How, what can we do as parents and as guides to make sure that light doesn't go out or we don't dim it, we don't project on, and if we're not able to send them to a Montessori school throughout their childhood, um, what can we do in the, in the home to make sure that this isn't then, you know, when external influence, as you said, in the world today, when external prejudices and come in and affect the child, how can we support our child in the best way so that they don't, that side of them is honored and appreciated and nourished and nurtured and grown rather than by dimmed by a, a quite a, um, an unrelenting world at times. Yeah, I, I think this, this is a really interesting question that I keep reflecting on and asking myself, you know, how can we keep that alive in the child, especially in this time that we're living in where there's just so much noise in the background going on that's, you know, how can we keep it alive? And, and there, there is one aspect of that is that we give them a variety of experiences. There is one aspect that we give them a variety of experiences that we make sure our, our uh, curriculum our uh, you know the stories you read to your children at home everything you you know you want to make sure there's that diversity in that that that's one aspect but in a way that's a very surface level aspect mm-hmm. and I've been reading more about Dr Montessori's work especially in her book Education and Peace mm-hmm. and um, she actually really emphasizes that if the child is able to develop according to nature they will not develop they will not come off that track because actually wow. it's innate, it's innate within the yes. child. It's innate within the child to be like that. And they are like that. They only, they only stop being like that when we take them off track. Yes. So it's not that we need to, we don't need to formally uh, or directly teach them about love and about acceptance or about seeing different people. We don't, it's not about actually sitting the child down or formally yeah. doing that, but it's about 
allowing the child to develop according to the plan of nature, because when the child develops according to the plan of nature, they will be love. Yeah. They will be that yeah. example of love. Yeah. It, that, that's how it is. And actually there's, I mean, I've got the book in front of me. If you don't mind, there's like one section where Dr. Montessori says that there are, there are, um, there are two paths that lie open in the development of the personality and one that leads to the man who loves and the one and one that leads to the man who possesses so one who leads to one who leads to the man who has won his independence and works harmoniously with others and the other to the to the human slave who becomes a prisoner of his possessions as he tries to free himself and who comes to hate his fellows so the thing is is like what i see is you know you know, this oppression that we see around us, yes. you know, when was, you know, each person who oppresses, they've been oppressed. Yes. But when, when yeah. does oppression start? Yeah. The first oppression we experience is as a child, mm -hmm. when we want to follow our natural path of development, we want to follow yeah. our natural inner drive, but we are prevented. That's an oppression. Mm -hmm. So we are oppressing the child. We, we create an imbalance in the harmony of their development. And when you create this imbalance, it leads to the kind of their personality developing in a way that doesn't have that full love, you know, doesn't have that full love and respect and, and you know, harmony with the universe around them. So actually, if we really come back to allowing the child, you know, to develop according to the plan of nature so that they can become who they are and they're in harmony with their environment, that love will shine through. That love will be there, you know? And that's what I still need to do a lot more reading <laughs> and discovering. And there needs to be lots more conversations about that. But this is really what's standing out to me now is that if we can allow that development to happen according to nature and how it should be that's one huge step to saving the child from developing a personality that is not in harmony yeah you know yeah it's a big conversation as you said it's a conversation to have again and again in different ways as you said as we do more reading and different things come to us and different experiences happen it's 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 huge and it's a huge responsibility and as you said that oppression that um that starts when they're little it's as dr montessori said you know the child is born innately good we have to hold that in our minds and in our hearts all of the time even if they're doing something which is undesirable or destructive or what have you we have to hold the image in our in our minds of the child that is innately good and mm -hmm. The problem with with I see a lot with with Western society is it's seen as that the, the child isn't good, so we need to discipline them to make them good. But that's all back to front, isn't it? It's it's yes, there. It's yeah. good. And all we can do is, and you know, discipline is about connection. It's not about control. And this is rewiring everything. And there's some amazing resources actually now. Is there's this collective consciousness that's rising about it. Um, there's more and more resources available to people on social media and online so that's really beautiful but it's so amazing to us as Montessorians to know that Dr Montessori was talking about this 
long before anyone else was talking about collective consciousness or yes this is before these terms were, were terms yeah. that were understood or were fashionable or anything you know um and it's really incredible that this richness is in her work from 50 60 70 100 years ago it was there she was on it before any of us even knew what on it was it's uh it's amazing isn't it really extraordinary yeah. amazing so amazing that's why you know, when they say Montessori is timeless, it truly is timeless <laughs> because hundred years later, it's still yeah. as it's uh, still as relevant as it was yeah. then. So even more relevant, I think, because the yes, definitely more. Yeah. The, the the challenges are bigger. There's more people on the planet. There's bigger challenges. Yeah. There's there's more um, discord. There's more disharmony. There's more um, noise, as you said a few moments ago. Yeah. There's more noise. Yeah, it's more relevant. Mm -hmm um okay question six um when was the last time a child caught you out of integrity and questioned you on it okay so i think that in my work i work with the different ages so i do have the children who are in the first plane we have a three to six year old environment we also have an elementary environment and we have um, we have i have an adolescence community where i live so i actually live in an adolescence community um and i think that what's been really uh interesting is is seeing in each plane of development how the child will show you what you need to change about yourself um, so in, 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 you know, in the, the three to six environment, if you come in with the wrong energy or you are coming in out of integrity, you're immediately going to see that the way the child acts is different. You're going to see it in how they act, right? When you come to the elementary stage, if you do something that's out of integrity, they will just tell you. As it yeah. is, yeah. they will just say that is not fair, or yeah. that was not kind, or yeah. you know you didn't respect me, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. They will just tell you. But yeah. when it comes to the adolescent stage, mm. this is hugely interesting for me. So my latest experience is with my own son because he is seventeen. He's in the adolescent stage. So adolescence is really sensitive to justice, to social justice, not just their justice to themselves or to their friends or to their family, but they're really interested in this global justice and they're concerned about all humans. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a very deep uh, unified way that they are yeah. interested in, in justice. And what he's done is he has made me question my own uh, ideas that I hold again, on you know certain topics or on certain um you know about certain things my own prejudice he has held me he has held me accountable to that mm. to the fact you know is that fair but not the fair that the elementary child asks us but is that really fair for humanity is it really fair when you think of somebody like that or when you talk of somebody like that or when you, uh, you know, dislike something like that, is that truly honoring the human being? And what I found is with the adolescents, the way that because they are searching so deep within themselves to discover who they are, especially those adolescents who have had a Montessori experience from birth, those children are already on their, on their path, right? So those wow. children especially 
they make they when you make a statement or when you hold a belief about something that is not in harmony with the universe or in harmony with nature they will hold you accountable and they will question you and i am having this every day with my son right now at the age of 17 having to really dig deep in myself and who i am and what what beliefs i hold what uh, values I hold, what morals I hold, and question myself and say, is that truly in harmony with the universe and with nature? And it's been a huge, be ready when you have teenagers. <laughs> it's a huge, 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 huge journey. And you, you, have to, you have to take the chance while they dig deep and then they, they make you dig deep. Take that chance to go through that transformation yourself. And, yeah. and that's just really the, the, the recent experience that I've been having where a child is really holding me at, out of, you know, checking my integrity and making sure that I check myself and come back to being who I should be. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the true, in true harmony rather than, you know, distracted by whatever it may be. Yeah. The best of who you want to be, the best of who you yes. seek, seek for yourself, yeah. Yes. Well, I'm not there with, with teenagers yet, but Olivia's six and a half, and, and just second plane for me in the past six months has really, she's given me a, a really good wake-up call in terms of integrity and calling me out on things and questioning injustice in the world, you know, why the... Yeah why the construction workers have got the windows open why don't they have any air conditioning in their bus you know and we've got air conditioning in our car you know these really big things she's asking already in the elementary stage and it's it's powerful they we've got to have an answer to these things yes because they're, they're they're in there they're ahead they're yeah. ahead of us and um it's extraordinary it's really but it's so beautiful as you say is like uh like noah a Montessori child from birth they've they've got everything lined up you know so they're not going to become part of the system that's what's so beautiful is that the doing this doing this path and because I work a lot with toddlers people think that this is going to be make parenting easy and I'm like no it's actually going to make it harder because you're growing <laughs> people you're not growing robots you know this is a human who is going to question you and challenge you and ask you and push you and test you and all of those things it's not about making a child better behaved at all it's about like as you said getting ready preparing for what the child is going yeah. to show you about about yourself um yeah yeah so yeah, in a way it's it's harder and in a way it's easier because yes. like the harder is that they will question and they will explore and they will they they want that they want to come to their own independent conclusions they want to come to create their own so they're not going to become that copy of who you want them to be so that in one aspect it's harder if you're if you are trying to do something to oh, the child yeah. right but on another aspect it's easier because they they are so in touch with who they are they are less likely and there's research that supports this that shows that children who've had a Montessori education, they are less likely to go into drugs. They're less likely to go into, um, you know, 
theft and things like that because they are in touch with who they are. They, they're not going to, they're less, Montessori uh, children, especially in the teenage years, they are less likely to, to give in to peer pressure and do something that's wrong just because everybody's pushing them to do it. So that makes your life easier. <laughs> Because you know, you have a solid person there who is not going to to do something, you know, do something dangerous Mm -hmm. or something harmful to someone else or whatever it is, you know, because they're in an environment that's pressurizing them because they're their own. So that aspect makes it easy because you don't, you know, you see that. But then the harder uh, part is that they are their individual. It's, it's not going to be as straightforward as you say and they do or they accept or whatever. It's not going to be like that. They're going to reach their own conclusions. But I think in the end, the beautiful thing is, you know, when you have your child, who do you want to actually meet? Do you want to meet the child that you molded and you formed? Or do you want to actually get to know your real child? Do you want to get to know that real individual that is in your child. And that's a question I always ask myself with Noah. Do I want Noah to become who I want him to be? Or do I really want to know who he is? Yes. And I think it's so, when you allow them the space to be themselves, you see something so beautiful that you couldn't even imagine. Yeah. So your imagination of who you want them to be, it's beyond that. But you need to first step out the way, give them that space, and then they'll be it and they'll become it. Yes. Let go of the control. And they are so connected to themselves and to source that all they could be is is who they are because we're not controlling them and, and directing them. And But as you say, it's a, that's a big leap, I think, for most of us to... Yeah. In, in, in different ways, in different scenarios, and I'm sure at different ages will be will be um, challenging in in different ways. As you said, get ready for adolescence. It's um, it's incredible. Come back to the beginning. We learn with our child or with the child. Yeah. It's not it's not the we're up here and we're down and they're down there. It's not that at all. It's it's a, a shift. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> So question seven was, um, how did you explain yourself when you're out of integrity? So um, I guess we'd love to know, yeah, if if Noah questions you when he f- he feels you've been out of integrity, what's that process of that conversation that, that you have together? So, so now it, it would be if there's something that, you know, like um, he... I mean, I've got an example, but I don't, I don't know if it was a good one to share. <laughs> but like, if there is something that, that I, you know, I hold some belief or something, then he will be like, you know, but, but you know, first he'll say to me, where, where did that come from? Where did you get, how did you create that belief within yourself? And it could be something small as in, you know, like frying food is unhealthy, you know? So, you know, it could be something small like that. You have this belief or you hold this principle that fine, you know, eating lots of fried food is unhealthy. So actually, well, where did it come from? Where did you get that, get, formulate your idea? And then for, and then what I've realized is that that conversation then has to become one of exploring it together. So exploring, well, actually, 
first of all, I have to be ready to accept maybe I am wrong. You know, maybe it's not so bad to fry food. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Let's yeah. actually look at this together. And, yeah. you know, you can do the research, Noah, and you can give me the information. And let's look at this together. And sometimes I have to accept that sometimes I might have to change my mindset. I might have to change what I have believed all of these years. You know, he went to Humility, that's the word. Yeah. The neon lights for me, humility. <laughs> You wow. know, he, he, he went through this stage where he just fell in, uh, in love with butter. I know it sounds really strange, but he fell in love with butter. And I was saying, no, you know, you shouldn't eat too much butter. It's not good for your health. I'm with Noah. Work. I love butter. I eat a lot of butter. I'm totally with Noah on the butter thing. <laughs> and he was just like, he was just like, there's people who say that butter's good for you. There's people who say, and he said to me, when you buy the butter, I want the best butter. Mm -hmm. And I will eat all of it. (laughs) There's people who say that that butter is actually really good for you. And did you know that, you know, in the history of the world, you know, people ate a lot more butter than they eat now. And, you know, you know, and going into that. So again, it's something that, you know, maybe I've been programmed to believe don't, don't have too much butter. It's not good for you, but actually maybe there's some truth and there's diets now, you know, like um, there are diets now where you have more, content of butter and oils in your diet and it's supposed to be more healthy for you so again when he holds me i holds me accountable for some principle or moral belief that i have then the conversation has to go to that exploration and i have to be ready to uh, be able to voice my opinion in a way that's respectful to another adult because these adolescents are new adults so in a way that's respectful to them um, but at the same time be ready that they might teach me something new and if they teach me something new I should be happy yeah to take it on yeah you know so there's, there's, there's loads of other incidents and, you know, butter is something small, oil is something small. These are small things that I'm talking about, but they do it on the small and the large scale and we need to be uh, ready. And actually one really funny story, there was one time, uh, maybe about six months ago, and he said to me, you know what, I don't think I believe in the Montessori system. <laughs> it was really interesting. Wow. Yes. So your whole like, body was like, oh, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, what are you saying? <laughs> and uh, this, this is really funny because that is a, a much larger scale of, of yes. um, questioning us and our integrity and our, you know, and he goes, you know, like, you know, and he, he listed his reasons for his, what he's saying, you know, what he believes is listed his, his reasons. And then I told him why I really believe in it, but I had to be prepared to see maybe there is something more that he's showing us that I don't know. Anyway, in the conclusion, he said that every child should have a Montessori education and every adult should learn about Montessori because it helps them to get in touch with who they are and what the purpose of their life is. So in the end, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have to give up. (laughs) Give up your whole life. Yeah, and now he's come on board Montessori even stronger. So, Mm -hmm. you know, again, we might have not had that beautiful outcome if I didn't allow him to hold me accountable. Yeah. And I didn't allow that conversation to happen. Yeah. You know, 
if your ego had got in the way and you said, how dare you be so disrespectful after everything I've done for you? <laughs> that could have easily gone that way, couldn't it? For a different parent, yeah. different scenario yeah. it could have, you know. Yeah. And then close that conversation, finish, and then the child walks away, or the adult walks away with nothing. And but resentment and, and more questions, but unanswered questions. And yeah. that's not a good place uh, yeah. for an adolescent to Exa be. Exactly. And I think that at that time, you know, where he read about different, you know, of course, he, he's experienced Montessori firsthand through, you know, growing up and through me and so on. But then where he's gone beyond that and he's looked online or he's, you know, gone to see different things and he started, you know, you know, the, the Montessori world does have a lot of division and there is, yeah. you know, this this whole um you know, in a way, there's this hierarchy or there's this battle that's going on. And I think when he saw that through his own exploration, when he saw that, that's when he questioned, well, that's not humanity. <laughs> you know, that's not humanity then. You know, if, you know, so, you know, it's like, and, and this is really truly the beauty of the, the adolescence is they, they teach us so much so much they even hold us accountable to our how true we are to the Montessori method or how true we are to this vision that Dr Montessori had they even hold us accountable to that I mean wow <laughs> you know it's 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 a beautiful journey to see the adolescence and I know that um I, I talk about him a lot on my my Instagram and I try to share about him because I know that there's so many parents out there right now that have young children that are wondering, are they doing the right thing? How is their child going to be? What is, does this journey look like? And I had all those questions when he was young, I had all those questions and I couldn't find the answers, you know, back in the days when he was young. So I think it's lovely if more and more of us who have these Montessori teenagers share so that, those of you that have younger children can can know that it's okay it's worth it it's yeah. worth the journey and it's okay your child will be more than fine if you yeah. continue in this journey yeah trust the child will show you the way yes really definitely. amazing and um I love everything that you share about Neuro Online, particularly there was a, a post you did on your feed about, where, um, I think he was nine and he had the long hair and a bobble hat and he was putting feathers in his <laughs> that one. Yes, yes. Was still in the UK. And that really resonated with Olivia and Harry because I was doing some research prior to this conversation and Harry's got long hair, long blonde hair. And so often people say, oh, you look like a girl and, and, and people in Dubai are quite kind of direct and make comments about people's appearance. Like, and it's not like a big thing. It's just like a, a Dubai yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And, and, and so often every day someone will say, oh, girls, shouldn't, uh, girls should have long hair, not boys. And because I was watching that video of Noah and Olivia's like, look, Harry, this little boy's got long hair, just like you. And Harry <laughs> is longer than Noah's in that video. So I was like, oh yeah, you know, another, <laughs> another, validation as it were and it's so it, it's so beautiful yeah. things like that that yeah. really resonated with Olivia and Harry yeah we we also had that even in England we also had that um so much um people coming to us saying to us you know why has he got long hair um he, you know he's a boy he should have short hair um everyone you know loads of people confusing him for a girl um as well so we had lots of that when he was younger 
um, especially at that time in the video, because, you know, that some elements, he does look like a girl. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, he knew who he was because he was, he was a Montessori child. He knew who he was. And, you know, he, you know, that, and this is another beautiful thing is they don't, they don't judge themselves or who they are or their worth or their capabilities based on what people think of them. Yeah. The Montessori child is in touch with themselves. They know who they are, even if you can't see it. Yeah. You know? So, you know, that, that video is really cute because it, it, you know, it reminds me of, you know, what his life was like. And yes, you know, yes, he went to a Montessori school and yes, he had the Montessori materials and yes, he was in the Montessori environment, but actually what stands out the most for me now looking back at his childhood and for him, the memories that stand out the most are those real life experiences that he has had, especially the ones in nature. Those are the ones that stood out the most to him. And those are the ones that have empowered him to, to become who he is today. And, um, you know, and, you know, some people, when they saw those clips, they said, oh, you know, I want to go to England. I want to take my children to the park. I'm like, no, 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 it's not about going to England. You know, there's parks in Malaysia too. There's yeah. a desert in Dubai, wherever yeah. you are, just, yeah. just go to nature. And we, for us, yeah, and for us, going to the park was a daily part of our life. And the way that I made it daily is instead of driving to school, or instead of, um, you know, instead of driving to school, we cycle to school. Love. So you, we could cycle, which means, and I would plan the route through the park. So every day he got to have this real life experience in nature. And it wasn't like, a okay, you know, we're going to have a special day today. We're going to go out to the park. It was part of his life. And I think that we really need to look at our lives and look at how can we make nature part of our everyday life? Yeah. You know, and if you, if, you know, we're in, the, you know, in Malaysia, we're in a lockdown right now. So yes, you can't go out and yes, you can't go to the parks and the parks are closed and they're probably going to be closed for a few months, but it's not limited to the park, you know, bring in plants in your home, yeah. you know, make a little balcony or a little, if you don't have a balcony, make a little, you know, window plants and bring nature inside. You can observe the roots growing from an onion. You can observe, you know, whatever it may be. You can collect seeds from your fruits. You can have little creepy crawlies. You know, my house was full of creepy crawlies when he was younger. So you can bring these creepy crawlies, yeah. let them bring them inside and, and just let, let the child live with nature. Don't make it like, all right, now we're having a lesson on the plant. No, let it be the plant is part of life, yeah. you know? looking after them, caring for them, seeing when they need water, all of those, yeah, so, so important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the challenges I have here in Dubai is because we've got a perfectly manicured city is saying to people, it just, just 10 minutes outside every day is all you need. It doesn't need to be like going to all of these amazing parks or museums yeah. or Green Planet, all the amazing resources we have here, but, you know, we go to the beach three, four times a week, just yeah. like with you. It's just because we're living in Dubai and it's 10 minutes down the road, not to do anything, but to collect shells and sit in the water. It's not like a, it's just how we're living because I know yes. how important it is for them to have contact with nature every single day. Um, and yeah, it needs to be less 
structured and more just free just yeah it, yeah it, exactly the child then the child is leading and learning whatever they want to it's funny you said about creepy crawlies for us it's crabs it's half a crab and you know just the body or a couple of crab claws you know <laughs> from the beach those are our collections and shells that we get the, that we get several times a week but yeah it's uh, and and I also believe that they need to see us fall in love with nature. So like for those of us who are not in touch with nature, you know, buy yourself a plant and fall in love with that plant yeah. and let the child see you, you know, pay attention to that plant and, you know, talk to your plant, you know, water your plant with care, with love, with let them see that connection. Yeah. And that's what they need to see to put them in touch with, with nature, especially if you're not somebody who's into animals or into um, plants but you know my house is full of cats so yeah. from when he was younger so <laughs> we've always had these little other beings around us yeah. that require love and attention and I you know it's it gives a beautiful experience for those children and there is learning in that you know people might think you know having a cat is not a learning experience but it is such a learning experience so give that natural daily time to be with nature let it be part of life not like a scheduled time like it's part of your life is to be in touch with nature because nature is going to teach your children so much that you could never ever you know give to them in another way yeah. so beautiful so i hope we haven't gone off track with your questions i'm so sorry we have but it, does, it doesn't matter it's all it's all wonderful so yeah i can't even remember which question i asked actually but it doesn't matter so question question eight is um what is your favorite dr montessori quote of today okay or, of yeah. today or, um, i think that it's just one isn't it yeah, I mean, I mean, I've got loads of favorite quotes, but maybe let me just read the one that I just read um, earlier because it was really interesting when I read this one um, because uh, actually, in the same on the same page, she says it has been said that man's greatest desire, d delight, is to possess things, and then she says, no, man's greatest delight is to use them using them to perfect himself and at the same time to improve his environment. And then later on, she says that this great revelation we owe to the child, two paths lie open in the development of personality, one that leads to the man who loves and one that leads to the man who possesses. One leads to the man who has won his independence and works harmoniously with others and the other to the human slave who becomes the prisoner of his possessions as he tries to free himself and who comes to hate his fellows. So it's not that it's my favorite quote, but it's a quote that when I read it just recently, I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like she's making it so clear to us yeah. that, you know, every, you know, every child has that path that is going to lead them to be in harmony with their environment and to be full of love and to reach their full potential and we need to just get out the way is the first thing get out the way remove the obstacles and prepare the environment to, to aid yeah. to help that to happen we're not making it happen we're not we're not uh, guiding them to happen to make it happen no we are letting it happen naturally we're just aiding yeah by removing the obstacles preparing the environment yeah 
to create a more peaceful and, more, and, and harmonious world. And that yes. is, is the aim, isn't it? Yes. So question nine, what is your deepest desire for Montessori in the future? <clears throat> I would love to see that truly that, that vision that Dr. Montessori has becomes accessible to all children yeah. or adults yeah. you know in in Malaysia what really struck me when I first came here is that whole commercialization of Montessori mm. um, in England of course we have loads of you know commercialized Montessori schools but it, it's it's really hard to run a, a school in England anyway so it's 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 not an easy thing and a lot of people who run Montessori schools or preschools they're not you know, they're not making profit from it, but, you know, it's, 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 it's a passion of, it's a labor of love for, yes. you know, a lot of people in England because it's, 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 it's a very difficult thing to, to, to achieve in England. But in Malaysia, what I've seen is it becomes very commercial and people are doing this for money. And I'm, I, I think, you know, fine. yeah. And we're seeing it in so many places. Um, but what I would really love is that, that Montessori education is accessible to all children at all levels of society in you know with all capabilities especially those children who who are special needs and who need it so much you yes. know especially to those children that the knowledge that Montessori has is is shared with parents you know I don't think there's been enough work you know, to help children, parents to understand their children. You know, this, this knowledge has been around for more than 100 years, but there's so many parents who still have no clue. And I feel like there hasn't been enough work of just letting community on a wider scale understand the human being, understand the child, understand themselves, understand the gift that Montessori brings to the life of people. And, you know, that's why I really love when I see people who start to work with parents, you know, Montessori guides like yourself, who start to work with parents, who start to support, you know, it's really, really beautiful to see that because, you know, it's not just about implementing Montessori in a school. And I'm a school, I own a school, so, you know, I, you know, but it's not just that. It's not just that. If we really want to have that impact, it's about it. Montessori being accessible for all and that knowledge being accessible for all and I really hope that over the coming years there can be more of that collaboration between all of these amazing wonderful Montessorians who've, who've got such depth of knowledge about human development that can share and discuss I hope that one day we can reach a place where there is that that mutual respect and understanding and collaboration so that we can serve the child the way that they should be served all children yeah. all children especially those who are coming from uh poverty or yeah. those you know the ref the, the the millions of refugee children that we have in the world and you know those ones who have special needs especially those children as well i really hope that montessori can become accessible to them yeah yeah that's a beautiful beautiful vision we it's affecting massive social change and i think yes. I, I don't think i know it's possible and i know it's possible because just looking at social media and the power social media has i mean i know 
for, for good and for bad, but the the voice and the recognition and the, the the depth and breadth of Montessori, you can see it increasing because of the likes of Instagram or Facebook or what have you. And and obviously everything has its shadow side. But I really feel in in the work that I do with parents, I've just been able to reach so many more people and then refer other people. Like I sent your your post you've been doing about the recommended reading for different age groups. You know, I've sent that to so many people, you know, that's reaching, even if it's just 10 more parents in Dubai, you know, that's they wouldn't have had that information if you hadn't yes. been on Instagram and me and me be able to share it more widely, you know. Yeah. Those view those videos have had tons and tons of views of uh, of you you've done of those recommended reading books. So it's it's huge and I think it's it's coming I know it's I don't think I know it's coming it, it is massive social change and, and 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 we can do it I know we can and that and that's what the child needs and that's what they deserve yeah. and hopefully if we can do that and on a wider scale people can begin to understand human the human development and the the child then hopefully this is going to bring that shift that we need for the future and that's what Dr Montessori was was that was what she was trying to achieve right that's what she was trying to do so we need to also be the agents in that in that work yeah. and hopefully we'll you know hopefully we can make a change hopefully we can and that's the vision of this podcast to have every single Montessorian is from a completely different environment setting community perspective and that's what the vision is to show you it's not just for the white European model Montessori it's for everyone in every home it's a homeschooling and adolescent it's an Islamic Montessori magazine it's and then we have Trisha Mokino from the Keras um, uh, Native American people coming on as well we have you know Barbara Isaacs we have um, Jean-Marie Penel we have I've forgotten everyone else coming on as well but I'm just trying to show different people different monsters doing different things in different ways so people can see it's not just for the stereotypical um pretty pictures on Instagram it, yeah. there's a lot more breadth and depth to it that um as you said can be offered to every child that richness can be offered to every child yes um, and should be offered to every child no matter what circumstance they're growing up in and that's our yeah. work isn't it Yes, yes, that's definitely our work. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully we, we live to see the change that takes place. And so the final question of the Montessori mission with Nusaiba from Rumi Montessori is, um, what do you see is your role in achieving that deepest desire that you have for Montessori? So for now, um, where I am in Malaysia, I'm trying to do the work that I can in Malaysia to at least make an impact here. So, you know, it's, um, it's been a beautiful journey. I've been here for, it's coming up to five years. In a few weeks, it will be five years. So it's been really beautiful to see the shift of parents who are now beginning to understand their children. And I think that, you know, in Malaysia, you know, my focus is to just try and, and, and get that, knowledge that beautiful wisdom and knowledge that Montessori had out there but in a really approachable way and a way that's accessible for all you know it's yeah. not it doesn't you um the Montessori 
philosophy and theory and the understanding of the human being, it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> you know, it doesn't cost anything. Why do we have to lock it up behind some, some, you know, why, you know, like, of course, I really love that there are these amazing courses available and I really recommend people who can to join courses and there are amazing books to read, but at the same time, this knowledge can also be shared amongst people. So I'm trying to do my best with that. And, um, you know, also on Instagram and the social media platforms, um, you know, there is a much wider uh, reach that we have. And I find that working together with other Montessorians and other like-minded people and that collaboration, especially like what you're doing now, you know, where you're getting these amazing speakers to come on board and everyone to share. I think this is really what we need to be doing. And this, you know, I hope that I can be of service to this and so that this knowledge of Montessori is accessible for people and is given in a way that is easy to understand and accept, you know, you can, they can do so people can transform themselves. And in the end, it's, it's not about the adult who's going to hear this and is going to make a change in their house. It's not about the, the, uh, you know, the course that we run and then the parent who this is, it's not in the end, everything is about the child who's going to be on the receiving end. And for me, it, it, the hugest sense of you know happiness comes knowing that there is a child somewhere in a home you know like when I I recently shared about the zero to three books mm. so I'm, I've got my books around me so I don't carry them specially but anyway so like I shared about the zero to three books and I I love this book because of the simplicity the depth but the simplicity as well um and I love to think that there are children who now in their home, wherever they may be in the world, their parent has read this book and, and taken on something, even if it's something small, and that that child somewhere in an unknown place is now having a, being able to be themselves. They're having that experience where they can be themselves and develop according to nature. And I hope that if, you know, through the sharing that I do, and, you know, I hope that we can bring about more and more of those experiences for the children so that it's, it's a global um, change that, that takes place. You know, I, I, and I hope that I will have, you know, I, I get sick a lot, as you know, because we had to cancel this session quite a few times. So I hope that with whatever energy, whatever energy that I have left, I hope that we can, you know, work collaboratively you know, everybody work for the child because that's what Montessori is about. It's work, about working for the child. On the child, on the child, yeah. And as you said, we get out the way and we just focus on the child and the child's needs and where they are. And we, well, she said, follow the child. So it's it's quite simple. She gave us some really yeah. good, very simple instructions, didn't she? Yeah. When, when you actually read, yeah. yeah. When, when you actually read, it's like when you actually read what Dr. Montessori is saying, it's actually really straightforward and simple, yeah. you know, but it's because we've, we've come away from it. That's why we find it difficult that we have to start to reprogram our minds and reprogram our, our language and reprogram our, our thought process and reprogram everything. But 
actually once you once you do that reprogramming it it's it it's it becomes your nature because that is your nature that is our nature as human beings we just come back to our nature and you become a a better version of yourself who doesn't want to become a better version of this not only do you help the child but you're helping yourself yeah and when we help ourselves, and it's the ripple effect in our families and our communities and, and the wider, as you say, every time we come back to our true self, to our true nature, to our connection to source or whatever, however it resonates most, uh, most to us according to our belief system, it is, it's, it's a positive benefit to a more peaceful and harmonious world. Yes. And, and yes. that's what that's the gift that we can give our children, but yes. we give ourselves yes. because um, it has this huge impact. Yes. yes. It's Thank the you. gift that they, they were born with and we yes. have to try and make sure that they're not robbed of that gift that they are already born with. Mm. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, we have to make sure they're not robbed. <laughs> Of it, I feel like we're going to need to have a further conversation. But that's <laughs> ten questions um, finished for today. Um, whilst um, we have uh, we have you here, thank you so much for those answers. They were so thought provoking and so um, had so much depth and richness to them. And I really, really appreciate your time today. And thank is there you. anything? that you'd like to share about what you're doing at Rumi at the moment, what your what support you're offering parents, what projects you're doing in Malaysia itself, what would you like to share that, that you feel our audience would, would really like to know about? Well, most of my sharing is on Instagram. I don't really have time to put things on my website and everything. It's probably People have probably noticed that I don't really update there, but Instagram is really straightforward yeah. to, to. So... Um, you know, most is there. So, um, you know, you can check out what, what we're doing there. We, you know, we run our school and our school is, it's an affordable Montessori school. It's not uh, a business, but it's, it's, it's a charity and service for the child. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of people do get in contact because they, they want to do Montessori as well. And, and they don't want to be caught in this whole commercial thing. Yes. So, you know, you know, that's what we do. And then I do offer courses for, for parents. You know, I have a few uh, short courses online. You can see them in my uh, Instagram profile. I have a few courses online and we're working on other courses. And, you know, as you mentioned in, in the beginning of when you introduced me is that, you know, part of my work is the Islamic part uh, of Montessori. So that is part of the work that I'm working to develop because I know that for parents who are Muslim, there will be certain things that they want to understand within the context, you know, with Montessori, they want to understand it within the context of their beliefs. So that's part of the work that I'm doing is to show that actually it's the same thing. <laughs> actually, there's, it is, there's nothing hugely different. Um, and I've got a visitor. Who's, um... <laughs> so, um, you know, you can um, see if you're interested in that work, you can check out, I have another Instagram, which is Islamic Montessori. You can check out that one as well. Um, but really, um, you know, if you're in Malaysia, if you want to, you know, we've been, we worked really hard in um, 2020 to get all of Montessori's books in Malaysia. 
So I've got like loads of Montessori's books and other books. So we worked really hard to get all these titles in so that they're accessible for people. So people can start reading. And I think that, you know, um, you know, if you are listening to this and if you feel inspired and you feel like you want to learn more, you know, start with developing that understanding of what the Montessori philosophy and theory is all about. Start with that first, because when you understand what it is and you begin to develop that understanding of the purpose of Montessori and, you know, the natural development of the human child, you'll realize that actually it's not that you need to do so much outward work, as in it's not that you need to go out and buy all these things and you know, get all these materials. It's not that at all, but it's about the inward work that you need to do. And that inward work is, it's, it doesn't cost you anything, but it is so powerful and it will impact your life, your children, yeah. everything. It will impact everything. So you can check out my Instagram if you're interested in anything, but you know, there are so many amazing resources out there. There are so many amazing people like yourself, you know, that are sharing amazing <laughs> things for parents. So, you know, it's, it's an exciting time because there's so many ways that you can go deeper and get to know more about this. So I'm, I'm actually excited to listen to all your, um, all these podcasts that you're um, putting out there. So I've, I've, uh, today I was listening to your first one. <laughs> I'm really yeah. excited about that. So, you know, if you're listening and you want to know more, there's so much that you can learn just yeah. on online going to reliable resources and just hearing and it, you know, getting that depth of the Montessori theory and philosophy, because that's what's going to truly help you to understand about the child and what you need to start working on within yourself so that you can aid their development. So true. And the great thing is, is once we start reading and doing research, what we need to work on becomes really, really apparent very quickly, doesn't yes. it? Because we'll read something yeah. that triggers us that, or we'll have like an ego reaction to our two-year-old and we're like, oh, okay, that, that's what the work is. That's me sorted for the next six months. I know what I need to, I know what yeah. I need to work on. It's so, um, the child always just shows us the way. I mean, just tells us always what we, what we need to know. And as you said, there's no cost to us. We don't need to spend any money on this but it at the same time it's the greatest investment we'll make yes definitely definitely um it is everything it will change our lives it will change it can get our the trajectory of our child's life back on track if if they have lost contact with their with their inner self with their sense of source um and will help them stay on that path of their true nature as you said and their and their soul and their essence and that's what we really want to do so that there's as you said right at the beginning, there's so much noise and there's so much going on and they're being, and I would imagine for Noah as a, as a teenager, I mean, I guess it's different because of lockdown in the past year, but there's so much noise for, for teenagers to hear, yeah. you know, on the, the dark side of social media, for example, there's so much, there's so many influences and, 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 and things that are impactful to an adolescence, you know, very yeah. tender and open heart and sensitive brain and sensitivity that, that that can can really impact them in a in a way that isn't good so it's us always being the best person to 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 guide them or or not even really lead them is it it's guide them when they need that guidance um 
when they when they lose touch with themselves we help them get back in contact with themselves in touch with themselves rather than telling them what to do we want to always give them that gift back of knowing who they truly are yes 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 beautiful 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 thank you thank you so much for everything thank you so generously it's been so amazing and thank you um, so much it's been really really wonderful i've taken up so much of your time almost two hours um oh wow i didn't realize that i'm so sorry i went on on. um thank you um so much and thank you everyone for joining us for the montessori mission 10 Montessorians, 10 questions, 10 perspectives in 10 communities. And um, thank you so much. And I really hope that when the world stops being so crazy, I can come to Malaysia and visit you. I would love that. Yes, that I would love that. So <laughs> wonderful. I've, I've only spent a tiny bit of time in Malaysia and that was before I was even a Montessorian. So I'd love to come back to Malaysia. And Lovely, yes. The lens of Rumi Montessori, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, audience, all of us, and Rumi underscore Montessori on Instagram if you'd like more information. And um, you can find this on IGTV, YouTube, Anchor for podcasts, and there'll be much more coming everyone's way as well. Thanks Lovely. so much, everyone. Take care. See you again. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.